millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There are so many stories from yesteryear in the world of wrestling that you can go back and read and learn from, or just go through it and go, hot damn! more things change, the more they stay the same. That's why today we are going to talk about the wrestler David Schultz, and I'm sure if you are a mega nerd like me, you have heard his name before, and he was one of these old school, tough, grizzled veteran guys who you looked at and you were like, (laughs) he may actually kick my ass. And you wouldn't be wrong, because this certainly was the aura he had, but look at this. I am going to read you a quote from the Wrestling Observer we'll just take it from there. A lot of wrestlers nowadays look like a trampoline act. Nowhere could you ever see a guy crawl up on the turnbuckles. It's just like the Empire State Building. Don't know where that came from. It's not at all. Just stand there and wait for someone to push you off. Where is it ever logical to put a guy on the turnbuckle while you stand on the second row? That sounds like any old timer talking about today's generation. But amazingly, it's not. That was the legendary Carl Gotch talking (laughs) about Harley Race. I mean, let that run through your brain. This happened in 1990 as well, and now just for fun, let's compare it to something that Jim Ross said on his podcast the other day. All you guys go outside, you cluster up like coils. You stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together side by side, so you can watch some leaping idiot go over the top who never wins with this move. So never forget it's all fair criticism and you're allowed to have your opinions, but do you know what this proves? That wrestling is cyclical and that wrestling is always going to evolve and we're always going to come up with stuff where people that aren't really involved anymore will go, I don't get it. Which does bring us back to the topic at hand and David Schultz, because while he did feel like he was going to punch you in the face, it was nothing compared to somebody like Harley Race, and it actually ties into the myth more than the facts. Now, David did play the hardcore heel, and actually, if you do watch some of the footage today, a lot of what he did do was just totally unacceptable. I mean, they were unacceptable back then as well, but for some reason, in the 80s, this is the kind of line people enjoyed treading, Although he did take shots at everyone, like when he was feeding with Sergeant Slaughter, he told him that he was going to slap his mother, and then if he saw his father, he'd slap him too. Now I get that doesn't sound as extreme in 2023, but back then, well, he just didn't do it. When he delivered these lines as well, he came across as terrifying. This was the interesting part about the man, because many an interviewer was like, well, yeah, he was a bit of a crazy person, but also he would make you laugh. Like there's loads of clips on the internet of Mean Gene Oakland just cracking up. David Schultz is having a good time. So this doesn't just happen, and he was able to make a name for himself, which begs the question why one day he just vanished. We have to go to 1984 when this story does begin, because reporter John Stossel had gone to a Madison Square Garden event and was the way back then, he found David Schultz. He was all like, ha, 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 wrestling's all very silly, Billy. And let's face it, it's fake. And this didn't go down well 40 years ago. And while people like to pretend that kayfabe was still alive, most of the fans knew the deal. The wrestlers would go out there and protect it more than ever. So, of course, as soon as these words came out of Stossel's mouth, David hit him twice 
as if he was flubbing Zeus or something. I mean, he really nailed him. Let's face it, you just don't do that. And it's just an assault when you break it all down. And while a lot of his peers did agree with him, including Bret Hart, who has written about this in his book, Schultz was immediately suspended by the New York Athletic Commission. And the WWF were like, well, what else are we meant to do with you now, Dave? We got fire, and they did. This is when you actually start to learn more, though. Because if we move to 1985, when Mr. T was obviously involved with the World Wrestling Federation, as WrestleMania was on the cards, apparently he got into it with Schultz, too. Because for some reason, David decided, well, I'm going to try and wind up B.A. Brackus, when Agent Chief J. Strongbow was like, man, would you stop bothering him? This isn't going to go well for anyone. He even got threatened to be fired if he kept doing this, and apparently Schultz was like, shrug emoji, well, then you're going to have to let me go. And while some individuals say that was that, well, again, there ain't no smoke without fire. Because the truth seems to lie more in the fact that maybe, just maybe, Schultz slapped Mr. T during this interaction, although I do have to say that a lot of my research did lead me to a 2019 interview with Hulk Hogan. As we know, Hulk Hogan has once said he like travelled around the world twice in about three hours. So you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt. It does sound more logical though, especially because Schultz was all like, well, wait a minute, why is this happening? Because look at Hulk Hogan. He did the same thing with Richard Belzer and he didn't get fired. This is when my hand went up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because Hulk Hogan. We know how celebrity culture works. If you are at the top of the ladder, you can get away with a lot. And if you're not, well, you're pretty much screwed. I think it's fair to say that Hulk's was also an accident where I'm pretty sure that Schultz would have been over the moon if he had looked down at Stossel and gone, <laughs> I just decapitated. So it was an amalgamation of these events which did see David being shown the door. But the real interesting part is that even though he did have some moxie to him, Vince McMahon never invited him back. And of course, this is Vince McMahon, who's the king of saying, well, business comes first. So all of a sudden, the narrative around this was, oh man, well, that's because David Schultz was just too hardcore, even for the 80s. So of course, I went and dove in further. Because as far as Schultz is concerned, he was invited back by none other than Hogan, who was like, oh man, I could work with you. You can be a heel and you can kick my ass for a little while. And eventually I will beat you. When Vince was like, nah, that's not happening, Hulkamania. We're not doing that. And also, I'm going to go to every single promoter in North America and tell them you're not allowed to hire David Schultz. The flub is going on. Now, there is smoke to all of this because CM Punk put out a similar tweet which kind of insinuated that maybe the powers that be had gone to do this. And also, there's a very infamous Memphis promo which we also needed to talk about. Because during that, David went totally nuts at the company and even threatened them with legal action, saying that they had blackballed him from the industry. And the really cool rumour about this is you can't find this tape. I don't even know if it did make air. But somebody from the World Wrestling Federation watched it. And apparently, because the Macho Man Randy Savage also featured on this damn thing, they were like, well, that guy's pretty good. We should hire him. And they did. Now, once again, this is all part of the rumour mill. But I suppose it does make sense. Because if you do have a sports entertainer and he is threatening legal action against one company, maybe you as the promoter just throw your hands up in the air and you go, no, what? He's not worth it. Steve Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, though, then made this even more confusing because he was like, well, wait a minute. Let's look at it this way. During this period, all the other promoters hated Vince McMahon because he was trying to take over. So why the flub would they listen to an instruction from him? I thought about that. I was like, oh, yes, a good point. Still, though, after this, David did head to Canada where he had moderate success. But then come 1989, he was basically forced into retirement 
something doesn't add up. Meltzer returned though and said as far as he was concerned, it came down to two things. One, actually while David Schultz was very good at portraying himself, he wasn't that good in the ring. And also, as we've kind of figured out during this video, he had a really bad temper, which just didn't make it worth it. And the other point that Uncle Dave wanted to get across was like, look, even if David Schultz hadn't have attacked a reporter, was he going to beat a Roddy Piper? No. Was he going to beat a Paul Orndorff? No. He was basically surplus to requirements. So while he should have been standing on eggshells, he didn't. He was gone. Given that he was a legit tough guy, though, in the tough guy era, it seemed to make sense that Bill Watts, a promoter from Mid-South, who loved this type of individual, so maybe this legend as David of a badass was actually more representative of the era as opposed to someone like Harley Race, who I shall bring back into the conversation, who everybody was like, yeah, I tell you, man, if you get on the wrong side of him, he will actually tear your arms off. So you do have to decide this, and it's why wrestling is such a fascinating thing, because you can get a certain personality trait across when actually it's just part of your gimmick. When we move forward to 2006 as well, Schultz also did an interview where he said the big problem came down in Memphis, which was run by Jerry Lawler. It's, Jerry didn't like him either, so it sucked to be him. I mean, that's the reason he left there. By the time he got to the AWA, apparently he was also threatening Vern Gagne over something he didn't like when it came to the business. This is when you cross your arms and go, actually, I think I know why he did have to retire. He pissed everybody off. He also then left there to go to the WWF, even though he wasn't meant to. And then when he bumped into Antonio Inoki, who of course was running New Japan, he told this guy, oh yeah, by the way, I'm never going to lose to you another bridge burn. So once again, we come back to this idea that maybe Schultz all of a sudden started to realize, wait a minute, I could wear this tough guy persona like a badge of honor, but while it's not actually in my tum-tum, I better go out of my way to do things that make people believe it. And because people did believe it, because again, kayfabe's absolutely crazy, it cost himself a bunch of jobs. I mean, how does this happen? So essentially he got canceled trying to live up to his persona. And is that the most pro wrestling thing ever? Yes, it is. It's why this era of wrestling absolutely deserves your attention because there are so many little stories like this which will blow your mind. So yeah, you've got Google, you've got YouTube, you've got what culture. I tell you, if you're bored today, there are worse things to do. Now look, you may be a wrestling connoisseur. Please do let me know your thoughts below about this. Maybe you know all about David Schultz and I've just talked a piece of crap. But if you would like to speed up and talk about modern wrestling, kapow! video on the screen right now. Also, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Make sure you follow us on social media. Otherwise, I just appreciate you stopping by. Make sure you have a lovely day. I will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.